0: Let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said this morning that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said this morning that is according to your will, let it be heard as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe, and believing, obey, amen. So in my first year as head wrestling coach at Mount Blue High School, the high school I had graduated from only five years earlier, we boasted three eventual individual state champions, a state runner up and several other state place winners. Ultimately, that team finished as Class A state runners-up within striking distance of the powerhouse perennial champs. We were a really good team. But before the state tournament, our farm boys from rural Maine had a massive showdown to look forward to at the conference tournament where we would face the Class B behemoth from the coastal town Of Camden. Now the week before the tournament, we faced off with them in a dual meet setting and they embarrassed us. The score was so lopsided that I've spent the last 20 years trying to forget it. And yet a sports reporter had the nerve to call me up and ask how I thought the conference tournament would go. Don't you dare write about how we have a chance to beat Camden, I told him. And later that week, the headline read, Camden Hills and Mount Blue Conference Favorites or something like that. Was that a reporter taunting me? My jaw clenched when I read it and it stayed clenched all the way through the first round of the tournament. Now in wrestling, the wrestlers that aren't much good are called fish. They are called fish because they get out on the mat and they flop around. We only had three or four wrestlers compete in the first round. The rest had buys, but each and every one of them was a fish. (laughs) Pinned, 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 and they wiped us out. We were wiped out. I called the team into the hallway before the next round started. That was a round, huh? This has been a year, huh? It has wiped us out. It has wiped out our bodies. We don't sleep right. It has wiped out our minds. We don't think straight. It has wiped out our souls. One blogger suggests, there's a reason why you can't summon the energy for simple things. There's a reason why You don't engage and let yourself entertain the path of the unknown. Doing so has left you drained of all emotion. Your soul is exhausted. And soul exhaustion is all-consuming. Soul exhaustion will drain your spirit in a way you never knew possible. And we have to know that that this is where the disciples were when they met Jesus on that mountainside in the days following the resurrection. And there is a reason that Jesus has them on a mountain because way back when there was a man named Moses that met God on a mountain. And that man was, was shattered too. His soul was, his soul was shattered. We might remember that he was Never supposed to live, but he was plucked up out of the river Nile by Pharaoh's daughter and enjoyed a royal upbringing until the weight of his identity weighed on him so that he was cast from everything he knew to the outer reaches of Midian to herd sheep for a man named Jethro. It was there in the burning bush that God met Moses who told him his name. Three Hebrew words. Aye. Asheriah, abbreviated to four Hebrew letters that together make the word Yahweh. But when the Hebrews translated it, they wouldn't even say that. Instead, they said Adonai, which means Lord. So what do those four letters mean that represent those three words, the words that God told Moses made for his name? What do those words mean? On that, nobody agrees. I am who I am. I choose to become. I am the existing one. Patrick Miller, an Old Testament sage from Princeton Theological Seminary, the finest theological seminary in the land writes, while we cannot fully grasp what it means when God says, Aieh, Asher, Aieh, in response to Moses' request to know the name of God, the narrative setting gives two clues to the meaning of the name. One is in the immediate context of the giving of the name, when God says in response to Moses' fear going before Pharaoh to bring the Israelites out of Egypt, Aieh, Imek, which means, I will be with you. The enigmatic word of the name is placed in a sentence that serves to interpret it. The name of God, then, is a declaring to those in fear, I will be with you. So this is the very name of God. Did you know that? I will be with you is the very name of God. One echoed through the scriptures when God self-defines for others who were wiped out. I will be with you. That is God's name. When God calls to Gideon to deliver the Israelites from the Midianites, and Gideon says, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. God says, but I will be with you. And you shall strike down the Midianites as one man. And when the community is in Babylonian exile, he tells them in the 41st chapter of Isaiah, fear not, I am with you. And again in the 43rd chapter, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. This is the very name of God. I will be with you. In the first chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, the writer draws from the prophet Isaiah as he calls Jesus Emmanuel, which means God is with us. I will be with you. And now, at the end of the Gospel, In today's passage, as these disciples, called from their lots in life to the rigors of following Jesus on the way and and collapsing from the weight of watching their supposed Messiah die on the cross at the hand of the empire, disrupted by the reality that this friend has, has now reappeared with souls that are exhausted, they are wiped out. been a three days and Jesus says to them what God has always been saying and remember I am with you always even to the end of the age I will be with you this is God's name this is who God is and this is how they were made well and when we are wiped out when our souls are exhausted it is a starting point for being made well and and you need to be made well we need to be made well because this isn't over See, that's what Jesus is getting at before he tells them that he will be with them. In this great passage, commonly known as the Great Commission, we do find Jesus giving the disciples this assurance that echoes through the the relationship that God has with his people. I will be with you. But just as importantly, Jesus is giving them direction to go and make and, and baptize. He's saying, yes, your soul is tired. Yes, you're wiped out. But you are still here. You're still here. And that's what I told those wrestlers after that first round, that wipeout out round two. gathered in that high school hallway, I looked up at them standing there in their baggy warm-ups, blank looks in their eyes. You're still here, I told them. You might as well win. You are still here. You might as well win, I told them. And win, they did. Over and over again throughout the day, they poured it on hitting takedowns and scoring bonus points and making upsets and and drawing Camden closer and closer. And the team championship came down to to the second to last match of the entire tournament where Matt, one of my upper weight wrestlers, faced off against the same Camden kid that bested him the week prior. The winner of that match would claim the trophy for the team. It was a back-and-forth match, but Matt held on and the trophy was ours. The poet Padre Gotuma writes in The Facts of Life, he says, that life isn't fair, that life is sometimes good and sometimes better than good, that life is often not so good, that life is real, and if you can survive it, well, Survive it well. With love and art, and meaning given where meaning's scarce. That you will learn to live with regret, that you will learn to live with respect. That the structures that constrict you may not be permanently constraining. That you will probably be okay. That you must accept change before you die, but. You will die anyway, so you might as well live, and you might as well love, you might as well love. You might as well love. My family in Christ, you are still here. You might as well love you are still here i am still here we are still here god is still here just like he said he would be still here he's been saying since the time of moses so you might as well love we might as well love we might as well preserve hope in the midst of chaos we might as well be gentle where everything is coarse We might as well share openly as others clutch for what is theirs. We might as well say no to racism and yes to relationships with those unlike ourselves. We might as well pray. We might as well serve. We might as well learn. We might as well love. We might as well love. As I walked back into that high school hallway that night, the same hallway where I reminded the boys that they were still here and that they might as well win, that reporter, the one that printed the headline I didn't want, shuffled up next to me. He smiled knowingly and I smiled back. He had known something that I didn't know about my little band of farm boys. When he wrote that article earlier in the week, he knew what they had in them. God is the same way. He knows what we have in us, even after the wipeout, soul-exhausting round that we've had. God knows what we have in us. Even more, I think he's counting on us. Counting on us like Jesus counted on those disciples. To use what we have in us to be joined with the Holy Spirit to make the world more in love with him. You are still here. We are still here. God is still here here. We might as well love. Amen.